Day 308. Welcome to Word in 3D. We are promoting God's Word so that there won't be destruction. Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. We are transforming our imagination and gaining eternal perspective by reading, reflecting, and praying God's complete word together. As Romans 12 and 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Glory to God. Amen. Today leading us off is Lawrence Webb. And uh, would you open us up in prayer? Yes, brother. Father, we just thank you this morning uh, for another day, Lord. God, we ask that you will just plant in us, God, the word that we need, Lord. Just help us to guide us. Help us to guide others. Give us direction. Um, Lord, uh, allow this word to take root and transform us, Lord. So, God, that we may do the same with others, Lord. And so, we just love you, Lord. We, we give you honor. We give you glory this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So today's readings, we have Proverbs 26, 23 to 27. And in that verse four, we have Hebrews chapter five, verse 11, going to chapter six. And in that verse 12 and Ezekiel chapter four, verse one, going to chapter six. And in that verse 14. All right. I'll kick us off for Proverbs. Proverbs 26 says, Like a coating of silver dross on earthenware are fervent lips with an evil heart. Enemies disguise themselves with their lips, but in their hearts they harbor deceit. Though their speech is charming, do not believe them. For seven abominations fill their heart. Their malice may be concealed by deception, but their wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. If someone rolls a stone, it will roll back on them. A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Chapter 27. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what the day what a day may bring. Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth, an outsider, and not your own lips. Stone is, a, is heavy and sand a burning, burden, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Hmm. Let's reflect on that. Proverbs chapter 26. Starting at verse 23, going to chapter 27, and we ended at verse 4. What stood out to you? What inspiration did you get from this passage? And what type of instructions did you get from this passage? Thank you for that. Um, I think, obviously, this is Proverbs. Proverbs is, is going to be, to me, the, this is like the wisdom book. So when when you when I'm reading this, when I know we're going to be going to Proverbs, I know that I'm going to be given some type of a statute in terms of that. You know, a way is a form of instruction. It's going to be uh, a reminder, a deterrent or, of some sort. Um, so you know, for me, I like twenty-seven. I put number one, which is, "Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what the day may bring forth." 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that, you know, interestingly, you know, you know, actually ever since I was like in college, you know, I remember when I was in college, I, I, I was always into, um, I, I, I like, I like um, Arabic and um, Arabic is a powerful language. And, um, you know, even now to this day, but now I say it for real um, and understand the meaning, but this is a, another reference verse that talks about when you boast about tomorrow, when you say something is going to happen, when you say you're gonna do things, you know, that's, that's understanding that, you know, that's the arrogance of being man and, and us forgetting that God is one who, who, who makes everything happen, mm-hmm. right? And to me, this is a, a portion of saying, that's why I always say, you know, inshallah, you know, if God wills it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, this is a reference verse that, that tells us, make sure that you're not that person. So when it says to boast, to boast is to be arrogant, is to, is to, is to take pleasure and ownership over a comment or what mm-hmm. of what your own doing. And if we're talking about tomorrow, we're talking about the future, and that's only what God can uh, can control, or mm-hmm. God controls everything. The next part I would say was two. I want to I want to stop you right three. there because let's, let's let me just dwell on that real quick. That that last thing that you just yeah. said. Do not boast about tomorrow because that is powerful, of us right. not even knowing, like. Like, we can try to make up what we think we know is right. But then at the end of the day, it's like, don't we understand that God is in control? You know, even with elections going on and people, you know, boasting about their their favorite candidate and stuff like that. And it's like, well, yeah, you can you can boast about that. But that person could die the next day or what some whatever God wants. That's what's going to happen. So it's like we have to humbly come before God every day. And put our prayers before him because ultimately, you know, it doesn't matter what we think or how good we think we are. It's just like, boom, it's like God is ultimately in control of everything. And, you know, that is a, I heard that saying before, inshallah, I had a a Muslim friend and he was, he would say that um, when we would log off chatting and stuff, we used to do videos together. And, um, but yeah, I remember that saying and uh, it it is true. It's just like if God wills, you know, even who I who I marry or whoever, because a lot of times it could be like, oh, I'm gonna marry this person or I'm gonna be with that person or you know. And it's like, you no, know, you have no idea, you have no clue uh, what will happen in the future. It's just like taking a loose. Uh, Lawrence, you you remember this? Uh, 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 Mister Taylor would always say, uh, "Hold loosely." To, to to things hold loose loosely to plans um of ours don't write it in 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 pen write it in pencil you know i think that's very important for us to to follow god's will today because plans can change and we got to be flexible in god's hand i'm sorry to cut you uh david uh, you had something else that you want to share i just had to stop on that one point because it was too good to just pass up and let go no, no, no. Um, I mean, that is, I mean, we can, we can just focus on that alone. I mean, just a little further in that, um, when, 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 when we are analyzing things like that, I think one has to recognize that how often we do it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's where, you know, one time I remember, uh, Michael, uh, brother Michael, that you, you, you talked about it in a sense of having grace on yourself because we don't know what will occur. And therefore, it's actually, once again, is a sense of recognizing that we are not in control. Mm-hmm. And, and that it's okay because you never know what will occur. So then you don't have to put those these unreal expectations on ourselves unless God wills it to be so. Mm-hmm. And so I remember one time you were talking about how you, you had plans to, I think, contact your mother or something about your mother. And you were like, you got hurt and things like all these things happen. And it was like, no, when if you just leave it up to God mm-hmm. and, and people recognize that then hey and then they you know something came up but you know mm-hmm. that I wanted to do it but you know other things happen and that's okay because God is in control not me mm. 
That is so true. And you notice that things can turn out better, not can. They normally do turn out better. They do turn out better when we let go and let God have his way and, and go in with the flow of what he's doing instead of trying to force our way and force what we want to happen. Um, another question to that, though, is like, why do we want it our way so, so badly? Um, and why do we get into these other things? Because this, this verse even talks about other stuff like, um, it, it's like uh, the malice may be concealed by deception, but their wickedness will be exposed by the assembly. There was something in here about, okay, there we go. Verse 28, a lying tongue hates those it hurts and a flattering mouth works ruin. And then there's also a pattern here about um, like someone else, let someone else praise you and not your own mouth, an outsider and not your own lips. There seems to be a pattern here about self-promotion um, that leads to dis destruction or leads to a, a place of where we're not in God's will. Um, what do you think about that? Those verses. Yes, I definitely can. I can definitely see the pattern that you're 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 literally showing here, and and I do agree because, like you said, that is this is all following the pattern of of a person feeling like they're in control enough that they can speak about themselves in the present and in the future. So that is talking about boasting for yourself talking about don't let others talk for you. Um, I think this is another thing that of course deals with humility, but recognize this, this is humility, humility enough to know that God is in control, uh -huh. right? And God is what, who gave you those gifts and God put you in that position to succeed. So therefore I think this, you might tie this all truly to humility because uh -huh. You know, that's being humble enough to recognize God is in control, not you. So I can't, who am I to talk about tomorrow? You know, when someone said you're successful, you're doing well. Well, actually God gets all the glory and mm -hmm. he puts me in the position to succeed when I succeed. Therefore, I need to be humble enough that I don't need to talk about it. If you would like to talk about it, great. And therefore I will remind you that God gets the glory. Um, I think that Yes, guess what? You know, unfortunately, because we are men, we want to we want we want to know that we are successful and, and, and that our actions are are you know are you know are recognized. You know, unfortunately today, how many times are we not recognized for the things you do unknowingly? But what the word tells you and tells us is that unfortunately we should not be seeking the approval of man but seeking god's approval and when we work for his glory and his understanding we recognize that you would do good in the dark because it through him you are always in the light because he sees all and knows all mm -hmm. and therefore we are we, we are ready we are already in the right because your heart is in the right place and your mind is in the right place because he already sees what you supposed to do and are doing already come on so um i definitely see that <laughs> when you said that verse 23 popped out because like a coating of silver dross on earthenware are fervent lips with an evil heart um, it can look good on the outside, but if our heart is not right and, and God knows our heart, he already knows what, yes. what we're aiming for, you know, it's just, it's going to, you ever brought that jewelry that was, uh, fake gold and, you know, you got it at a little, <laughs> <laughs> a little, uh, 25 cent machine and then you went to sleep with it and woke up and it was all green on your neck and stuff mm -hmm. and, <laughs> Yeah, praise God! I never that never happened to me. <laughs> Good, <laughs> um, but, I did, I, but I remember bought. I did buy fake jewelry. Just that, uh, maybe it's because I'm I'm dark. I'm just such a dark skinned brother that you really probably couldn't tell. Uh -huh. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that didn't happen to me. But I do get, get I do get the point though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, definitely. <laughs> Amen. Well, brother, would you pray for us and uh, that we just retain and uh, God speaks to our hearts throughout the day? Yes, sir. Um, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, 
Lord, you are Jehovah. You are our healer, Elohim. Um, you are Emmanuel. You are the God in us, for us, and with us, Lord. But Lord, if you let us be reminded of your grandeur, your glory, and we magnify your name to the highest degree, Lord. Lord, when when anything is possible, we know that the possibility is through you. And that regardless of what the people say, the doctor says, or your mother says, Jehovah has the final say. And, um, and, and when we know we go Jesus's way or Yahweh, that is the way. Lord, thank you for the words, Lord. Thank you for delivering us the words so that we may know the truth and, and be edified and glorified through your word and through, through your works, through us. Lord, thank you for Proverbs, Lord. Thank you for wisdom, Lord. We said it's the fearing of God is wisdom, Lord. We said, you know, it is written that, you know, it is through the application of knowledge is wisdom is born, Lord. And, and through your word, we are learning to apply this. So our words and our, and our actions and the way we walk the examples of wisdom so others may follow it allow this wisdom to not only enrich us the body our families and, and even non-believers so that they can see the difference in the way we walk and the way we talk lord let them our spirit differently lord let them appreciate the humility in us but see the stretch in that humility because we serve a god that is so merciful and so graceful that we recognize that we are not worthy at all and that yet he gives us and still is willing to put us on a pedestal lord lord allow allow the world to recognize that regardless of what is going on regardless of elections regardless of situation regardless of financials regardless of even your situation recognizing that god has put us all in this position um to recognize that this, there's a bigger purpose for everything that is going on and not to allow our lives to be altered by these these these, fiction, these fictional things and I call them fictional because in the grand scheme of life you know you're the one in control yet the world thinks that we're controlling it um, Lord thank you that we we serve a God and we and we read a word that recognizes that the truth is only in this book and through you and through Jesus Christ. Lord, allow him to enter us and live through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Up next, we have Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, chapter 6, and ending at verse 12. David, would you uh, lead us off on that, please? Yeah, Hebrews, uh, let me get to Hebrews chapter 5. Yes. Um, can you tell me the rest? Sorry. Oh, can you see on the screen? No, no, I have oh, to okay. go another screen to do this. Sorry, hold on. Okay, sorry. Hebrews five eleven. Yeah, five eleven. Uh, internet chapter six verse twelve. Okay, Hebrews five eleven. Okay. Okay. Um. Because um, of whom we have much to say, and I'm reading out of New King James version. Um, okay. have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing spiritual immaturity for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need to you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of god and that you have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the world you know in the word of righteousness for he is a babe the solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who, by reason of, of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hmm. And then we go to the next one. Yeah, chapter six. I'm actually, let's, uh, Aaron, are you there? Yo, yo, yo. Okay. <laughs> if not, just go ahead and, yeah. Read on uh, chapter six okay. verse. Uh... Okay, chapter is yes, a peril of not progressing. Therefore, I leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, 
not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead works and of faith toward God, of doctrine of baptism, of laying on the hands of the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. And this we will, will do if God permits. For, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves and the son of God and put him to an open shame. Um, for the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives the blessing of God. But if it bears thorns and, and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed. Whose end is it being burned? Can you just keep going? Yeah, they, even though we speak. Uh, all right. <laughs> Only to 12. Okay, but okay, sorry, okay. Um, a better estimate. But beloved, we are confident in better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, be, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. Let's reflect on that. Hebrews chapter five, verse 11, going to chapter six and ending at verse 12. What stood out to you? What inspiration did you get from this passage? And what type of instructions did you get from this passage? Um, I think quite quickly, I liked uh, what stood out to me was the, I guess we would call it like, um, I guess a good analogy, where here it says uh, 13 Hebrew 5. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, right? But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Uh, uh-huh. um, you know, once again, I think, you know, once again, we serve a God that's merciful and understanding and, and truly understands judgment and, and and here is the recognition that there are those among us who are immature in faith and in spirit and that you know you know those things matter and god does understand that and that but once you when but once you start to eat solid food you cannot claim to to be a milk drinker and, and what i get from that what i'm getting you know I, I get a sense that you know it's like you know when you were when you were a child you did childish things you thought like a child you mm-hmm. talk like a child but now i'm a man you know and and i do these things like men do but you can't you're not you can't go backwards now right once you're in the know you're in the know now therefore you 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 are you 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 have to be judged accordingly, right? Uh-huh. Here in the court of law, I'll use another analogy here in in this I guess secular realm. You know, it's in the same sense. It's like you know, once you're now considered an adult, you know, now you have to be treated as an adult. But when you know, if you do something, but you're a child, you know, almost regardless of what you're doing. Uh-huh. A, a sense of grace is put on you, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, here it clearly talks about the understanding of the spiritual grace that God is going to bestow. But as as believers, and I guess as 
as stewards of the faith and teachers and messengers, we should also know that and recognize the, the maturity, the immaturity of, of, um, of our brothers. Mm -hmm. um, I, the, I, let, let me, let me uh, sorry, jump yeah. on that. You know, I think it's interesting that, you know, he gives a warning about falling away. He's like, you guys should be teachers right now. You should be teaching people. Um, but you're still stuck on these just elementary truths uh, of God's word all over again. You, you need milk, not solid food, you know. And I'm, I'm glad you pointed out in that uh, chapter, verse, verse 13, um, of how it says, but solid food is for the mature who by constant who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And I, I think about Jesus, how it says how he distinguished good from evil, even like from a very young age, Jesus was very spiritually mature, you know? And uh, at the end of this passage, we also see how it talks about the water, the, the land getting watered and it's producing uh good crop you know verse seven land that drinks in the rain often falling on it and that produces a crop useful to those who it is farm receives the blessing of god but land but the land but land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed and in the end will it will be burned so it's like you know when we get this word of god are we producing things are we producing fruit you know from it what kind of fruit are we producing? Um, and it's just so crazy because you just think about good judgment. Like a child, when they go to, when they want to go eat and they want something for, like a happy meal, they're not getting that meal because they're hungry per se, but they want the toy that's inside of it. They're, they're more concerned about a plastic toy and having some, some fun with, with a toy. And then when you get older, your appetite changes to where it's like, look, I'm hungry. I want to eat something that's not going to make me sick. That's going to like, you know, help me function in life and, and be productive and take mm -hmm. care of my family and take care of business. You know, I'm not worried about just a little toy to, to play with, you know. Uh, let's go to Lawrence. He had his hand up and then we'll go to Aaron. <clears throat> yeah, man, I think um, something I begin to think about is like as an adult, but there's a difference between growth and maturity. You know, there, there comes a time where, you know, okay, you grow to eat meat, but even eating, eating meat can become um, indulgent. In one way, um, just give you a prime example, you know, the average American eats three times more protein than they're supposed to. So we just do what others do because it's what we've known. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and then in other ways, um, we become gluttons because we have all this food that's of access to us and we just consume it. Um, the reason why I say it from this standpoint is because in Hebrews 6 verse 4 it says, it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, those who have tasted the heavenly gift, um, who shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and powers of the coming days, who have fallen away. Uh, to be brought back to repentance, uh. to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and are subjected to Him uh, to public disgrace. When I was reading that, you know, it just it just referred back to what we were reading before and what you guys were talking about about humility. And um, it's so crazy how like um, you get a taste of something and you want more of it. Um, um, but the more you get of it, um, the more you start to, you know, you want it a lot more. You don't see nobody giving a homeless person steak. You know what I'm saying? You don't see nobody, um, you know, trying to give them um, what what they're eating. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I get you some fast food. I get you a little sandwich over here. I get you a little something out this gas station. You know what I'm saying? But it goes to show... <clears throat> um, it goes to show like um, the difference between like growth and maturity. So here it is, a mature person knows these facts about the food. They take that into consideration. They only eat so much. They have portion control. 
they they might even discipline themselves in a way where they're um, eating specific things that are good for their body um, because they want to continue to uh, mature in their growth and, and and so on and so forth mm-hmm. and um and so and so here it is it's just showing me like like even jesus was like you know um man cannot live on bread alone you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like <clears throat> he got to a point in well not even got to a point in in being who he is you know he's even showing us look man what i'm eating on is way greater you know is it takes more humility for a person to fast than a person and for a person to um, feast on the word of God in a way that the physical things don't matter anymore. You know, um, it shows where that person's heart is as well um, so that he's not going far from um, what this passage is talking about and have to be led to repentance. Um, and so, I don't know. So I just, that just mm. put a different of discipline dealing with the word and dealing with the things of God, the gifts, the Holy spirit and, and the, and experiencing him and how, um, how I should, you know, just get engulfed in that and, and, and be mindful of where I need to stay humble because he's basically saying, look, Man, that's a hard place to come back from. If somebody don't mm. help you realize where you're at, then then it is just like um, it is just like those thorns and those thistles, and that ground is in danger of being cursed. Okay, okay. So back it up, back it up just a little bit more because verse four right here is saying it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit. Who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. That's some powerful stuff right there, because the image that I'm getting from this is that, you know, the angels, they saw God, they see God. And so when Lucifer pretty much rebelled against God, there was no like, oh, I didn't know. You know, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't, ready. you can come back. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't no, like, I don't know, I'm really rebelling. Because when people rebel against God here on earth, they're like, you know, they see nature, but sometimes it doesn't click. It's not like, oh, I don't really, I don't, I don't really understand, you know, but for people who the light has come, but they love darkness rather than light, then it's like, oh, okay. It's, it's kind of like Paul. If Paul would have rejected his ministry after being blinded and, and Jesus actually shown his physical appearance to him, he, bro, it's like, how could you, you can't, you can't go back from that. You like, you, you know, you like, I am really turned against God. If, you know, I'm really turned against God. If I saw all this stuff and try to go back to my own old stuff, it's like, I can't go back because I've seen I've seen just so much. I I know too much now to turn back and go back. And mm-hmm. it's just too real, you know? It's too real. Um Aaron had something to say. So let's uh let's hear from him. Yeah, praise God. Can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I'm reading into humility in here, like we're talking about. Humility, knowing that we need God's word to be our light, to be the direction, to be the source, and knowing that we're having to stay humble before his word, humble with regards to like putting his will before mine, because there's going to come times when things start to get a little more difficult. When I'm thinking about moving from milk into eating solid food. Mm-hmm. There's a process, you know, as I'm getting further along in my walk, as I'm going into maturity, I'm going to start to experience suffering in a different way. I'm going to start to experience, you know, how we talked about um, in, in Corinthians, there, I believe we're talking about the different types of food, Yeah. you know, and some people would be all bent out of shape because 
folks are eating certain food and we're, we were learning that, you know, when we're mature, when we care about our brother and sister, mm-hmm. I'll make sure that if this is going to be something that's going to hinder you, I'm not going to do it. Right. And I kind of hear that, that same sentiment coming back through here, this warning against falling away, but also encouraging the brothers and sisters, what can I do to help put my brother or sister in the best position? Mm-hmm. You know, being patient with them. It was, it was towards the end of the passage there. Um, uh, chapter six, verse nine, even though we speak like this, dear brothers, a little further down, uh, mm-hmm. verse 10, God is not unjust. He will not forget the work and the love you have shown him as you helped his people continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end. I'm just thinking about how hard we have to go to create once again, a safe environment, yeah. a loving environment an accepting environment and understanding the difference too, between the new believer where when I'm preaching the gospel to the lost, I'm telling you about the love of God that sent his son to die for you. Mm-hmm. And then now as we're starting to discipline and build disciples amongst believers, now we're talking about us being accountable to his word. Mm. and living up according to his standards and making his truth and his precepts our goals and knowing that there's going to be a difficulty with that in the beginning you got milk it was just hey god loves you and you are forgiven for your sins that remains we still drink milk but now we get on to the meat of the things now we get on to um our faith without works is dead yeah. Now we get on to not just being hearers of the words, but being doers of it. Now we get on to if this is going to be a stumbling block for my brother, I'm going to put it out of my way. And just remembering that we have a part to play in that and to help our brothers stay along the path. Because as they grow higher in the Lord, the attacks come harder. Things can get more difficult. This time more than ever, we got to come alongside and help each other stay the course. Mm, I like that. Uh, pointing out verse 13. Uh... You know, you, you pointed out how we need more than just, you know, those elementary teachings of um, just milk. You know, it's like now we have to be accountable to what, you know, is being preached. Yeah, God loves you. All right. Now, he doesn't he, he loves you. Come as you are. But as I said, he doesn't leave you where you're at. Um, but I wanted to point out, Aaron, that you um, that part about. You know, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food and for the mature. Uh, kids want candy, <laughs> but it's like as we grow up, man, we have to we, we know we need more than candy just to. Yeah, you need more. You don't want to be just sick of that. Like your appetite changes. Um, You want you want good food because it's like mm, those, those tomatoes that were nasty when I was a kid. They're actually good now, you know, and they're good for me. That broccoli that I didn't like before, it was nasty back then, but it's actually good for me now. And, and it's it's something I'm craving. Yeah. Like, because after you get all that junk food, you're like, man, my body is starting to feel sick. I need to grow. I need to get some. Why, why aren't my teeth developing so I can break down this stuff? And And I think that's the biggest thing, really developing our taste and understanding, you know, um, mm, this is good. And <laughs> this is not good. You know, I, I need to stay away from that because it's, it's causing me to not perform at the level that I could perform if I'm eating this junk food. You know, um, we have a little more time. Uh, let's go back to David and then Lawrence and then we got to move on to the next passage. Yeah, okay, we're just real fast. Then I just, uh, I'll show on what I was just going to say. I just want to agree with like Brother Aaron and just basically break down that that's essentially what our job and role is. And I think that as teachers and leaders in the faith, that we our job is to introduce people to, like, it's not just the huff, the fluffiness of of the game like yes come as you are like you said uh, brother Milan but it doesn't mean you're going to stay where you're at and that is the charge of us who are in the know 
to to do with those who are not and that you must progress them forward you know the problem i would say sometimes people would challenge the church today is that you're so concerned about attendance and not engagement and actual knowledge of your of your congregation that you're scared to lose your congregation that's why you don't want to teach people you're scared to lose them so that you don't want to charge them that you need to become better uh-huh. you're scared to lose them you're scared to lose your patronage so you're not willing to 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 put somebody on the block because that's what the word tells us we're supposed to do so the problem is we're, we're, we're acting in a scared, we're acting to me, we're acting in a scared church. And we need people who are bold enough and emboldened by the word to, to be willing to charge our the body to raise their expectation mm-hmm. and to raise where we need to get to. Mm. Good point. Let's hear from Lawrence. I, I agree. I agree 100%, uh, Brother David. Uh, I feel like, and I would even go further to say, you know, if we have partake of the Holy Spirit as well, then there's a sense of, uh, you know, utilizing the fruit of the Spirit of being patient, being kind, being gentle, being, you know, um, helping to wean people off <laughs> the milk. <laughs> Sorry, right. my head, I picture these, I picture a little boy six years old he's playing at the park he gets done is like i'm hungry and he goes to his mama and 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 she just breastfeeds him <laughs> and the mama is kind of like the church and then there are those of us who are watching who are in the same place knowing that we could say something but say nothing you know what i'm mm. saying like yes. and so um, um because we don't want to offend we don't want to want to hurt we don't want to see them, you know, go, you know, leave or something like that. Uh-huh. But there, are, there is a way. It literally says the word is used for us to for teaching and rebuking, uh-huh. you know, and mm. and so, um, so definitely, you know, I picture somebody inviting somebody to church, and after a while, just kind of letting them go instead of walking and doing life with them. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And, and making sure that you know. That's a huge part of breaking bread is breaking this this word. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Break, break, break bread. <laughs> break, <laughs> break bread. Break bread. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, it's good. Dividing this word rightly. Amen. Let's go into prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this word that we could break it together and share in it. Lord, uh, we don't need just um, milk. Lord, we want to have the teeth, the understanding, the maturity to not just hear this word, but to break it down and implement it into our daily lives. That's what it means to be mature, to hear your word, to eat it, digest it, and to assimilate that into every part of our life. So, Lord, that's why we pray right now, Lord, to help us break this down give us revelation so that we may produce good fruit that we may produce things that feed a nation that feed a community that feed our family that feed the thing feed the people that really need to hear you and know you lord so they they too can have that seed inside of them lord so they they too can produce fruit so god we pray just that spiritual maturity will be here that we will grow in you That we will hear your word, not just be hearers, but doers. That we know that we need to live accountable lives. And that we need to step up and always challenge and help people to reach what you're calling them to be, Lord. Help them reach that height that they they need to reach. And we're doing this out of love. This is not done out of uh, anger or spite. But it's done because we see greatness. We We see you in them. We see that they need to bring out more of you in themselves, Lord. So, Lord, we pray that we challenge each other as brothers and we don't let each other be lazy or slack off, but that we uh, hold each other to high standards because it's good for all of us. It's good for our maturity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Final passage is Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 1, and we're going to chapter 6, ending at verse 14. Now, son of man, take a block of clay, put it in front of you, and draw the city of Jerusalem on it. Then lay siege to it, erect siege works against it, build a ramp up to it, set up camps against it, and put battering rams around it. Then take an iron pan, Place it as an iron wall between you and the city and turn your face toward it. It will be under siege and you shall besiege it. This will be a sign to the house of Israel. Then lie on your left side and put the sin of the house of Israel upon yourself. You are to bear their sin for the number of days you lie on your side. I have assigned you the same number of days as the years of their sin. So for 390 days, you will bear the sin of the house of Israel. After you have finished this, lie down again, this time on your right side, and bear the sin of the house of Judah. I have assigned you 40 days, a day for each year. Turn your face toward the siege of Jerusalem, and with bared arm, prophesy against her. I will tie you up with ropes, so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have finished the days of your siege. Take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and spelt. Put them in a storage jar and use them to make bread for yourself. You are to eat it during the 390 days you lie on your side. Weigh out 20 shekels of food to eat each day and eat it at set times. Also, measure out a sixth of a hin of water and drink it at set times. Eat the food as you would a loaf of barley bread. Bake it in the sight of the people, using human excrement for fuel. The Lord said, In this way, the people of Israel will eat defiled food among the nations where I will drive them. Then I said, Not so, sovereign Lord. I have never defiled myself. From my youth until now, I have never eaten anything found dead or torn by wild animals. No impure meat has ever entered my mouth. Very well, he said. I will let you bake your bread over cow dung instead of human excrement. He then said to me, Son of man, I am about to cut off the food supply in Jerusalem. The people will eat rationed food in anxiety and drink rationed water in despair, for food and water will be scarce. They will be appalled at the sight of each other and will waste away because of their sin. Now, son of man, take a sharp sword and use it as a barber's razor to shave your head and your beard. Then take a set of scales and divide up the hair. When the days of your siege come to an end, burn a third of the hair inside the city. Take a third and strike it with the sword all around the city and scatter a third to the wind for I will pursue them with drawn sword. But take a few hairs and tuck them away in the folds of your garment. Again, take a few of these and throw them into the fire and burn them up. A fire will spread from there to the whole house of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. This is Jerusalem, which I have set in the center of the nations with countries all around her. Yet in her wickedness, she has rebelled against my laws and decrees more than the nations and countries around her. She has rejected my laws and has not followed my decrees. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. You have been more unruly than the nations around you and have not followed my decrees or kept my laws. You have not even conformed to the standards of the nations around you. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself am against you, Jerusalem, and I will inflict punishment on you in the sight of the nations. Because of all your detestable idols, I will do to you what I have never done before and will never do again. Therefore in your midst, parents will eat their children and children will eat their parents. I will inflict punishment on you and will scatter all your survivors to the winds. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your vile images and detestable practices, I myself will shave you 
I will not look on you with pity or spare you. A third of your people will die of the plague or perish by famine inside you. A third will fall by the sword outside your walls. And a third I will scatter to the winds and pursue with drawn sword. Then my anger will cease and my wrath against them will subside and I will be avenged. And when I have spent my wrath on them, they will know that I, the Lord, have spoken in my zeal. I will make you a ruin and a reproach among the nations around you in the sight of all who pass by. You will be a reproach and a taunt, a warning and an object of horror to the nations around you when I inflict punishment on you in anger and in wrath and with stinging rebuke. I, the Lord, have spoken. When I shoot at you with my deadly and destructive arrows of famine, I will shoot to destroy you. I will bring more and more famine upon you and cut off your supply of food. I will send famine and wild beasts against you, and they will leave you childless. Plague and bloodshed will sweep through you, and I will bring the sword against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face against the mountains of Israel. Prophesy against them and say, You mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to the mountains and hills, to the ravines and valleys. I am about to bring a sword against you, and I will destroy your high places. Your altars will be demolished and your incense altars will be smashed. And I will slay your people in front of your idols. I will lay the dead bodies of the Israelites in front of their idols and I will scatter your bones around your altars. Wherever you live, the towns will be laid waste and the high places demolished so that your altars will be laid waste and devastated, your idols smashed and ruined, your incense altars broken down and what you have made wiped out. Your people will fall slain among you, and you will know that I am the Lord. But I will spare some, for some of you will escape the sword when you are scattered among the lands and nations. Then in the nations where they have been carried captive, those who escape will remember me. How I have been grieved by their adulterous hearts which have turned away from me, and by their eyes, which have lusted after their idols. They will loathe themselves for the evil they have done and for all their detestable practices. And they will know that I am the Lord. I did not threaten in vain to bring this calamity on them. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Strike your hands together and stamp your feet and cry out, alas, because of all the wicked and detestable practices of the house of Israel. For they will fall by the sword, famine, and plague. Those who are far away will die of the plague, and those who are near will fall by the sword, and those who survive and are spared will die of famine. So will I spend my wrath on them, and they will know that I am the Lord when their people lie slain among their idols around their altars on every high hill and on all the mountaintops under every spreading tree and every leafy oak, places where they offered fragrant incense to all their idols. And I will stretch out my hand against them and make the land a desolate waste from the desert to Dibla, wherever they live. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about that dong? Let's talk about Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 1. Going to chapter 6, verse 14. What stood out to you? What inspiration do we get from this passage? And what type of instructions do we get from this passage? I think uh, very quickly, I just want to, I would point out that this just reminds us that once again, when we look at uh, the old, the old ways that to look at to today, you know, and, and look at what does it mean to be in the presence of wickedness and wrongness 
and to feel that there's nothing wrong to to look both left and right and to recognize that you know god god's law is supersedes all these laws and we just need to be we just need to be the type of people who recognize that we serve a higher power. Therefore, we need to be higher in our ethics and the way we walk and the what we do. Uh. And that sometimes he has strict laws that sometimes we just need to be obedient. When God tells us to do something, let's be obedient, uh-huh. regardless of reproach. Uh. And that takes care of everything, pretty much. When we are following God's ways, I mean, we pretty much cover the basis of every other human law, human, uh, you know, because that's what we, we base what we believe or our ethics has to be based on what, what God has already established. Um, uh, let's go to Aaron. He's got his hand up. Yeah, man. Just to echo those points, you know, God has a right and a wrong way to go about doing things. That's just it. You know, we just we've made a choice to say, hey, you know what? I believe in God's word. I accept his word as the truth and what it should be. And we've gone away from saying, no, I'm going to figure it out myself or me and this group of people can sit here and figure out what's best for us. No. God has the final say. God knows what's best. So we're either going to get down with what he's doing or we're going to face what we're going to face as a penalty for our detestable and wicked acts. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a hard pill to swallow. But it is what it is. You know, when it gets down right to it, it's like, yeah, we got to make a choice. Who are we going to follow? Make choose to this day, you know, um, <laughs> who's going to be your God? And, you know, that's it's like God is always sending us these loving warnings to us. You know, if we're not listening to the conscience that he has placed inside of us, then he sends the prophet. And if we don't listen to the prophet and then he sends the destroyer. And so. I mean, it's like, yeah, it kind of runs through the theme of, you know, we we are living up to this this standard that God has put in place, you know, and it's not done just because, oh, he's just he's just doing it, making up stuff. But he sees the bigger picture of like everything else that is going on and how we are treating other people and how these people have ran after their idols. You know, and, and, and in this passage, it talks about. The reason why he's doing this is because of these idols is because of the the sanctuary had been defiled um and these people were not and see that's the problem too is like when the church is not doing right when the church is not living up to the standard then the whole other community that's not really living up to it in the first place that that goes to hell as well it's like if there's problem in society it starts in the pulpit starts with the priest you know and so as people of god who know god and have been trained up in the ways of god since our youth we have to take a stand and be like this is we got to keep the standard here because if we don't then the people that are not they're kind of like okay yeah we don't never we never knew anything about god it's just like we see our society fall away it's a very important responsibility that we have um as people of god and people know the word you know we can't just be hearing it we have to put it into practice any other thoughts on that man y'all, y'all just gonna roll over the fact that this brother slept on his side <laughs> you know what I was, and and what about that human excrement stuff you know he was like verse 15 uh god sent him very well he said, I will let you bake your bread over cow dung instead of human excrement. I was like, what? You know, <laughs> But do you see that dynamic relationship that we have with God, that God actually listens to his people? It's not just like, I'm going to run shot right, right over you. Is that there's a relationship going on. God's like, God don't care. He's like, hey, you bake it over that stuff. And he's like, God, come on now. Can we do can we do can we do cow instead of human? Because that's kind of nasty. You know, Lawrence, go ahead. What, what else you got to say? And that's so real. Like they didn't have to. They didn't have to put that in the in the Bible, bro. You they didn't. They didn't have to put that in. But but it is is it was good to see. Well, better. <laughs> I don't know. Lord, forgive me for laughing. Well, better to see that you know he didn't have to like you know eat some eat some human feces and God God you know respected 
where he was at as far as like keeping himself clean mm-hmm. and submitted to him in, in, a, in a way where he was like, the way the scripture read it is like, okay, then, I, then I'll let you go on ahead and you just cook over some cow dung then. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but the thing that gets me like, man, that is probably in my opinion, one of the biggest forms of submission to the Lord is like he laid his, was it, was it one, he had to lay on his side mm-hmm. for 390 days. days. Am I tripping? 390 then, days, verse nine. Yep. And then flip on his other side and lay on that one for 40 days. Like, like, bro, like that is, that is, I don't know if it, I don't know if the brother ever got up to use a restroom. I don't know what none of that looks like, but, uh, but that was pure submission to the Lord, like at his, at his simplest, most strongest form. Like, and we know that he submitted because this brother was like, look, God, I have not defiled my body in any way by what I'm eating all the years of my life. Like I'm, I'm submitted to you. You know this. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Then just, you know, use this. But, but that, that hit me because like, Am I submitted like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, where, where are, do I feel like there are exemptions because of, you know, I don't yeah. know, man, that's just something this, I'm going to be. This definitely needs more study. Like, and, and I wonder, was he doing it for the whole day or was it like half a day or was it like an hour a day? Um, You know, this needs more study. Because this is huge because it just shows us the relationship we have with God to even alter things with our voice, with talking with God. Because even Jesus in the garden, he prayed, Lord, if this cup could be taken from me, let it be taken. But if not, your will be done, not my will. It shows us even going back to uh, what we read in, you know, Proverbs, you know, uh, as David was saying, inshallah, you know. If the Lord's will, yes, if the Lord's will, but also God shows us that we have a choice that we need to be constantly praying that, look, let this thing turn on the best side, not, you know, look, if we don't have to go through this, let's not go through this. But if, if it has to be that way, okay, but we have a, we have a voice that we need to use and we need to be speaking up to God and saying, Lord, spare my brother. Spare my sister. <laughs> Spare me, Lord. <laughs> Lord, if there's another option, let's go that way, you know. So, uh, yes, definitely. David, would you close us in prayer or you could pass it to somebody if you like? Um, we're a little over time, but that's okay. Yeah, um, I'll pass it to um, Aaron, Brother Aaron. All right. <clears throat> Heavenly Father God. God, you're magnificent and wonderful and mighty, Lord God, in ways that we can't even comprehend. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, Lord God. And while there are some things that we won't know until we're with you in majesty, Lord God, your ways are true. Your ways are pure. Your ways are holy. Your ways are just. Your ways are right. Your ways are equitable. Thank you, God. And you've given us your word, Father God, that we can follow after you, Lord God, that we can look into your word and it can be like a mirror unto us and we can see where the places we go astray and where we go awry, Father, and we can get back under into alignment with you and with your teaching. And we don't have to do it by ourselves. It's not in our own power. It's not in our own might. It's not by reasoning. It's not by any type of intellectual process, Father, but it's just by faith. Just by trusting you. Lord, I pray that you help us to do that more and more. Father, I pray for the one that doesn't know you at all, that they would have an encounter with you. As it says, when they've tasted of you, God, then they, they they can't deny you. 
I pray that they'd be able to have an encounter with you. Father, those that know you, I pray that you would allow them and protect them so that they could grow from that, uh, that infantile phase in their walk into maturity. Give them strength, give them endurance. Father, send laborers around them to uh, support them and help grow with them. Father, for those of us that have grown into maturity, Father, knowing that there's no limit, we've never arrived, so we're always growing, we're always students, but that we're being mindful and that we're looking back to help those that are coming behind us, that we're being patient with them, that we're encouraging them, that we're standing alongside of them, rejoicing with them, but also suffering with them. Father, but most of all, out of all of this, that we would stay humble before you that we would take your word at face value when we see it, that we'd receive it and that we put it into our lives. Father, asking for these things so that there would be knowledge of you and then that there wouldn't be destruction. Father, not in our lives and our families, those that we love. We need you, Lord God. We bless you, we thank you. Help us to retain what we learned today. Father, to put into our lives, to apply it in a way that pleases you and that allows us to do our work and play our part in your redemptive plan for our dying world. Yes, Lord. God, we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This is good. Thanks for joining Word in 3D. You know, it's just amazing to just see how all this stuff works together from past to present and how God is working even today and that we got to stand up and use the voice the prayer that's why jesus tells us pray without ceasing because we do have an effect on what comes up next in the future just through prayer just through prayer having that relationship with god and hosea 4 6 says my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge i also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of your god i also will ignore your children so our purpose is to promote the word of god so people won't be destroyed we definitely have to open our ears, ask those questions, and see what God is saying. You know, always staying humble by always looking at God's word and saying, God, what are you saying? What are you saying, Lord? What are you saying to me? So I thank you all. I, I thank God for you. And uh, this is Word in 3D. We're going deep. God bless. Have a great day.